What's up? Welcome to the Part-Time Rockstar Podcast, episode 38. I'm your host, Brett. Today, my guest is Will Sims. He's a Baltimore-based alternative rock and pop artist. Been playing around the scene now for more than a few years. Got a couple albums out. I'll feature his song, Everything Will Work Out, on this episode. Uh, Will says his music focuses on themes that center strongly on both romantic and social relationships, as well as the difficulties faced in our modern society. He's been fortunate to open up for some larger touring acts, such as Paul Mudd, Saving Abel, Trapped, Smile Empty Soul, and some others. His website is listed in the notes. And other than that, hopefully everyone out there is doing well. Thanks for tuning in. As always, if you're in a band and you got new music coming out, feel free to hit me up. Other than that, thanks again for supporting local music. Episode 38, Will Sims. Yeah, anyway, welcome. Uh, thanks for chatting. Thanks for hitting me up. Yeah, man. Um, kind of started this podcast during the quarantine. Somewhat out of boredom, but it's been really fun because, like, I don't know, I've gotten to come across a bunch of people that either I wanted to talk to or just didn't know about, and uh, it's kind of turned into a thing. But ultimately, I hope I can support, you know, everybody's music around here. Awesome, man. Yeah, I appreciate it. That's cool. And it's, uh, generally speaking, pretty convenient. You know, a little bit of editing, a little bit of promo, but um, other than that, I feel like it uh, it helps the scene, you know. So, um, you've been kind of on my radar, I feel like, at least in the Instagram world or somewhere. Maybe even the real world. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I feel like your name comes up, though. So, um, uh, yeah, I mean, I've been a part of the scene for years and I've, I've kind of dabbled in a lot of different stuff, um, over the years, just everything from running open mics to booking shows. And, um, I've been running lights for bands for a long time. So yeah, I've, I've been on that kind of side of it as well as playing music. Right on. So yeah, let's get into it. I guess um, I was checking out your stuff today, and uh, obviously you got a a new a new one out. I believe uh, everything will be, or I mean, everything will will work out. Yup, everything will work out. Gonna, yeah, it's an upbeat, optimistic tune, which you know the world can always use more of those. Yeah, I um, uh, I I recorded it. I did most of the recording like a couple years ago. Um, I was, uh, I was in Orlando for work and I was, um, we had a couple days off, so I thought it'd be cool to, to go to a studio down there and record a song. <clears throat> and uh, I would, I just kind of had like the lyrics and some chords. So we went in and tracked it and, um, it, it kind of became like a thing that it was kind of on this polis of projects that I needed to finish for a while. 
And then mm-hmm. this year, uh, I figured, you know, the way the year's been going, thematically, it felt like a good song to kind of release. And um, so I hit up my buddy Tony uh, from the Deep End Studio, and yeah. and I just wanted him to put some piano on it. So I had him; he did that for me, and um, and I put it out. And I think it's uh, I think that a lot of people really liked it, and. Um, you know, hopefully it kind of gets the message across that I want to. I mean, I mean, on top of COVID and with, you know, the election and everything, like just there's a lot of people that, you know, aren't happy about one thing or another. And I think that's yeah. an important message to kind of think like, you know, a lot of this stuff isn't, you know, it isn't really the end of the world. Not yet, at least, you know, nobody's turning into zombies yeah. yet, but. Yeah, bombs ain't dropping yet. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, man, um, it's definitely professionally recorded and sounds good all around. Uh, clearly, like you said, you've been in the scene a little while, so I was kind of going to get into that. And, I mean, I, I can obviously look through your discography, but I feel like, you know, getting it from the horse's mouth and you kind of going back a couple years to what got you fired up to get going in the first place, whether it was just running sound, or, I mean, running lights, or more than that, that kind of got you going? Um, well, ever since I was a kid, I seemed to, like, enjoy singing, you know, when I used to do chores around the house, I would have my headphones on, I'd be singing along with the music, and, um, and... It was just something I enjoyed doing, I guess, but it wasn't until like my senior year of high school that um, I really picked up the guitar and started playing it and like trying to really learn it. Yeah. Um, I tried before and it just didn't take, but then I guess I just got like committed to it and I was just like playing it every day for hours on end. Like I can only imagine how annoyed my parents were because <laughs> like, you know, you like you know it might it might sound good when you're playing it when you start out but your ear isn't quite as good so like you know i listen back to stuff you know like just stuff from earlier bands and i'm just like man we sound so out of tune like just the stuff that that you know you get you get better with over time and um and yeah i started playing guitar um and then it wasn't, I grad, after I graduated, I got a job. And then a few months after that, I was like, hey, like, I've been playing guitar for a while. Maybe I'll see about joining a band. So I, I met with some guy that was, uh, I can't remember, there was a website that was around then. It was like, I want to say it was called BaltimoreBands.com. And it was, uh, yeah. it was basically like a dedicated classifieds page for finding music. I mean, I went back there a few years ago and it, it looked like it was just ad space and it like wasn't really being utilized anymore. You know, it was yeah. like, it was, you know, I guess like pre Craigslist, but I could be wrong about that. But, um, well, Facebook's kind of taken over I think, yeah. in that realm. Yeah. So I met up with some people and, you know, we jammed and it was fun. Um, and we were all kind of like, yeah, like, I think we could, we could do this. And they're like, all right, well, we need a singer. 
and I was like, and we were like, cool, like, how do we want to do this? And they're like, all right, well, we'll all take turns singing. And I'm, and we were like, all right. So I was like, all right, I got a song. So I played a song, and then they were like, well, you're the singer. Like, nobody else even tried. They were just like, yeah, you're you're definitely the singer. Yeah. And, you know, we, we uh, you know, I, after that, I kind of started, like, hitting up open mics more and, like, trying to, like, get out and perform. And uh, after a couple years, of, after, like, a few months of that, I got some feedback that was kind of like, you have a, they pretty much everyone said, I, you have a good voice, but you should get voice lessons because, you know, just to kind of get more control over it and, and kind of find your range and stuff. So I did that. I did voice lessons for about a year and a half and I, I think it really helped. And then, yeah, for sure. You know, and then just over the years, I played in a few different bands and, um, Uh, the last band I was in was called Roll It Over. We were around for about three or four years. We went through a few different lineup changes, but we did we did get an album out before uh, that ended. And uh, and after that, I kind of decided I wanted to just kind of be a solo act and um, just just kind of be able to like I could work with whoever I wanted, you know kind of make make the decisions you know i certainly know the feeling and i know the uh the plight that we all eventually start to face if you want to write music Uh, especially if you're driving the ship or uh running the circus or whatever it is um i sort of want to backtrack just a tad though in the sense that you mentioned you recorded in orlando and the way you said it it sounded almost like haphazardly like you didn't quite plan it i think that's really interesting if that's maybe i misinterpreted I don't want to say it was super planned out. I want to say like a week before we, I want to say like a week or maybe a two weeks before we flew down, I started emailing studios and I was like, all right, I got some money. I I emailed like four or five places. I think like two or three of them didn't get back to me. Um, But two of them did. And uh, I booked, I booked one in each studio. It was a place called, uh, evergreen sound and then there was a place called fat planet and i did a day in each one yeah so like i mean say comparing that uh experience to you know what you've done before you got two full-length albums out as far as at least i can see which is uh 2016's lovesick and uh also 2016's may never be forgotten yep is that accurate yeah I mean, uh, so it's funny, that. like, um, like the, my experiences in recording are very vast and different, the kind of the way they all worked out. Um, both, uh, both the experiences in Orlando were, were great. The producers that were there were, were awesome. They were very welcoming. Um, you know, they like, like, it seemed like they were kind of excited at the prospect of me being out of town and like you know, it kind of seemed like a cool experience. And, um, you know, there's still one song from that, from, from one of the days that I've still got to finish, but it was just a cool experience in general. Um, the, uh, just between the, the two albums and even the singles that I have out, um, my first album may never be forgotten. Uh, that was kind of, I kind of started working on that while I was still in um, 
in my previous band, Roll It Over, um, I was doing the, uh, if, if you know, uh, Sheffield Recording Studio, or recording, uh, Sheffield Center for Recording Arts or whatever. Yeah. I don't. I kind of record my buddies, generally yeah, speaking, but I'm always interested to hear how people uh, do it around here. Well, they're like a they're like an audio like they're kind of like an audio production like school, and they yeah. so people go there to learn learn about audio mixing and recording live and in the studio, and they they do like a thing like two or three times a year where they need a band to come in so the students can mic them up and yeah. and learn how to do it and then you kind of get to record for free, and. So I was, I kind of started doing that and we did it once with the band and then they were kind of like, that was cool, but you know, I don't know if we want to do that again. So I was like, all right, well, I'm going to do it again. And so I just started like calling like different musicians that I knew and was like, Hey, you want to work on a song? And, uh, I did it like two or three times and got like most of the songs that were on that album. And, uh, and, um, you know, so I basically would go there and you have like four hours and it takes them about three hours to get set up. So you really have about an hour to record. And um, so we yeah. go in and you bust out a bunch of tracks, you know, and it was, it was cool because they did it live. So everybody is in the room playing together, except for me. I'm in like a separate booth, but we're all basically playing the song at one time and they're recording it all at one time. And then... Um, and then I basically just got all the files and I took it to Tony at the deep end and had him mix it. And, um, and so, so that first album was kind of born out of that. And, um, so most of the songs yes, came so, from those sessions. So definitely a, a different experience to just say, it sounds like, you know, winging it down in Florida compared to like planning it out. And I think that that's cool that you'd even try it, you know? And from listening, I would say, you know, you don't, you wouldn't know the difference. Um, and maybe that doesn't matter at all, you know, whether it's planned out a lot or if it's a little bit more spontaneous, you know? Yeah. I mean, like, like the, uh, it was all very spontaneous and I felt like, um, you know, I was lucky to have the guys playing with me that I did. They were all great musicians and writers, and they came in and really helped me, you know, knock the knock the songs out. But even, like, when I was recording it, I wasn't thinking, like, oh, this is going to be my first solo album. I was like, hey, let's just do this. And then after the band split up, I was kind of had all the stuff, and I was like, well, let's see what we can do with it. Yeah. And, um, so I kind of worked on that, and then... Somewhere in that time, I recorded the first single that I released, which was Amber Eyes, which was like the first song that I actually put out as a solo artist. Which is kicking, you know, a mild amount of ass on Spotify. <laughs> so, you, know, you got about uh, 10,000 streams there that I can see, which ain't bad. Uh, did you want to talk about the uh, female vocalist who was involved with that song? Yeah, Lindsay, um, Lindsay uh, Collette, she... Uh, she was playing in a band called Punch the Unicorn. And, nice. um, yeah, they're based out of Annapolis. <laughs> yeah. And, and we, we did a show. I think we did, um, I think they did a show for me when I, I was booking shows around that time. And, um, and when I was working on the song, you know, 
a lot of the a lot of the stuff when I after I kind of decided like okay I'm gonna do the solo thing it became less of like um me like writing songs and then recording them it would be more like I would go to Tony and say hey I have this kind of idea and then we would build it from there and so like at some point when we were working on that song I was like this song needs some female vocals on it and um so I kind of put the word out and couple of people responded but i but Lindsay had like the kind of voice that i wanted for the song yeah sounds great and you know and and to her credit she kind of came in and i was just like i was like i'm kind of looking for this and you know it'd be cool if you did that and she just knocked it out of the park like she uh she she kind of came in blind and really killed it i think and uh and i think it made the song better i think it would be better it's so much better with her on it than with than without her no i completely agree um i mean i'm sure you're familiar with like joey harkham down the road there he's got a couple songs there with uh female vocalists on them and they always crush so i i feel like it's always uh you know a decent strategy if you know somebody who can uh who's got the pipes but uh speaking of the pipes what do you have in the pipeline as far as uh stuff you're working on stuff you want to promote now and uh just kind of writing in general yeah so um so when i was recording my uh my second album lovesick i actually recorded uh enough songs for two albums so i've been kind of sitting on another album waiting for the right time to release it and um so that's definitely hopefully early next year i'll have that album come out um and then aside from that, I have uh, two other albums I'm working on kind of concurrently. And, Are they uh, collaborative or all solo? Um, I mean, collaborative in the sense that like I kind of like bring people in as I need them. Like I'll usually have a song and I'll say, um, I really like the but, way this person plays. And so I'll say, hey, but, can you yeah, come play re- on it? Released under your name. Right. So, if I'm counting right, that's three albums. Yeah, so three albums that are that I'm that haven't been that aren't released yet, but are in the pipeline. Yeah. Wow. So studio fees <laughs> gotta be racking up. Yep. Um, this is like I said, what I call like you know the working man's musician podcast, so to speak. So, like, you know, what do you do uh, occupationally or? What do you do for work? Well, I work in production uh, right now. I mean, I, uh, you know, I was a server for a long time. I was a cook, a line cook. Um, yeah. But you know, I think it all kind of came came to a head, and I've been doing lights for years and kind of working different shows over the years, and nice. so I I got into the the world of production, and so that's kind of like my day job, and. It's a little bit, uh, a little bit more chaotic than my other jobs, but I, I think I really thrive in that environment. Yeah, it sounds like it. I mean, you were saying you also booked places in Annapolis. Uh, which venues, if they're still around? I was booking a place in, uh, in Glen Burnie called Crossroads, Crossroads Tavern, yeah. which is gone now. Most of the places I work at are gone now. I don't know if that says anything about. I, I kind of figured, but you know. <laughs> but um, happens. 
but yeah, I was trying to bring in, we were trying to, we were trying to make it like a real, build like a real music community there. Like, you know, yeah. uh, the guy there, the guy that was running, it was really cool about like having out of town bands. So we would try to get an out of town band every week. And, um, nice. and, you know, so I brought, I'll bring bands up from Annapolis and DC if I could. And, uh, and I found a lot of really good bands doing that. We, we were having a blast, although it didn't seem to really like take off how we wanted. And, um, yeah, I mean, uh, I feel like it can kind of pick your brain more so on being involved in the scene for as long as you have. I mean, I know you've been putting out your own stuff since 2016, but I feel like you probably go a little further back than that, just being involved with booking people. I mean, do you see a positive evolution? Do you see things de-evolving as a scene? Do you see plus sides, downsides, like, what are you seeing now? I, I would kind of add the caveat of obviously there's a you know a pandemic going on, right? But you know, but pre um, pre pandemic, like what what yeah. are my thoughts? Like, um, yeah, I think Was that there, there I think that there are really great scenes within Baltimore. Um, yeah, I think sometimes it's hard to find the right scene for you, you know, mm. and and it's it's easy to feel like we need to unify everybody and stuff like that. But like some of these scenes, like, you know, some of these scenes want to be underground. Like there's a, like kind of like a little bit of an indie scene that I've kind of picked up on. Um, and like some of the smaller venues and, and a lot of those bands seem like they're doing pretty good. And, and I think that, I think that there's, I think it comes down to like how much like a band really wants to grow. Like, some bands like enjoy doing it for fun and and um you know there's some bands that are really really trying to make it and it it really just comes down to how how honest you are with yourself about where you want to go with it um the uh my my buddy Kevin I don't know if you know Kevin Hawk he books a lot of stuff around town and he's been putting on some really great shows like sold out local shows like three or nice. four local bands they sell out 200 300 person venue and it's a great show and he does them he does them like like almost every month that's awesome you know and uh and those are bands that are really out there putting the work in and 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 building their fan base and and yeah. finding people that are into their music um and and that's it's, a great thing. It's easy to feel. It's easy to look at that and be like, oh, those bands are, are you know, in with that guy or whatever. It's like, well, yeah, you're in. You're gonna get in with somebody if you're, if you're putting the work in and showing the effort. Like that's the kind of people that booking agents want to work with. And for sure. And and like not to stop you too short. Right. I hope, but um, it is interesting, like you're saying, to find those small scenes. You, like it's kind of exciting like around here there's almost like um i'd be hesitant to call it western or blues or bluegrass but there's younger bands that cruise through like catonsville and uh there's a couple like underground shows called like schmidt house shows and i mean like i said pre-pandemic those things were humongous <laughs> like as far as a house show goes uh, you'd have two or three bands touring coming through and local bands too and 
you know, you'd have a few hundred people in, in the backyard. And uh, it, it was interesting to watch there for a while. Hopefully it comes back. But um, my personal experience is more trying to book shows within the city and within Annapolis. And, yeah, know. I mean, like, I, I don't... I haven't partaken in some of the smaller scenes, but I see other bands posting, like, yeah, you know, I, I almost, like, I'm, I'm always surprised at how many bands, like, I'll just keep hearing about this other band from Baltimore that's been around a while, and I'll be like, man, like, always surprised at how many I keep hearing about, like, uh, and, um, I'll just see them post and stuff, like, they're playing here, they're playing a lot, you know, and, and they're getting you're getting booked again so to me that says like these guys must yeah. be must be bringing a crowd or you know like there's some places like um i know sidebar is really small there's a place called reverb downtown that's kind of yeah, small I love, I love playing sidebar yeah like you know if, if you can bring a few people out to that and every band brings a few people you got a nice little crowd there and and you can have oh, yeah. a great experience out of that like to me like i've um you know i played a lot of shows over the year but i've never I've never, I've never uh, lowered my performance level based on how many people are in the room, you know. Uh, you know, if I'm playing to 10 people or 100 people, I'm up there giving it my all. Yeah, I always like to say that uh, when the bar's empty, we're playing for the ghosts and the bar spirits, you know. <laughs> and I have played to some empty so, bars. It's been... Yeah. I play, in a, uh, yeah. I play in a cover band. We're called uh, Phantasm. And um, we played a show like that. It was this bar like in Southern Maryland. And it yeah. was like a it was like a biker bar, and um, and it was like the first nice day of the year. So every all the guys were out like riding. So when we got there, place was packed. And then like we played one set, and like everyone loved us. And then after our first set, everyone left, and mm. it was like empty the rest of the night. And we were just like, fuck. Yeah, well, you know, that's uh, that's when it's time to get a little lubricated, you know, a little yeah. more pressure. And they were Just great. They were like, man, they were like, we love you guys. Like, like, it's such a shame that like everyone left and, you know, like they, you know, sometimes they hook us up with drinks and stuff. You know, a lot of places are really cool. Yeah. So, like, what do you feel like the highlights of uh, places you played have been? You know, that might be the low lights, but. I'm sure you got a few highlights in in the reel somewhere, yeah. menus or parties um, or something. I've uh, uh, I wish I played more house parties. I don't know if I've ever been with a group of people that I think I could pull that off with. And now I feel like I'm I'm old, I'm like older, and it's like I don't know if it's as cool to play a house party. You but, still got um, a pretty young face. I do so. hear that a lot, um, but. Yeah. So you're not struggling in that department. Yeah. <laughs> you don't look like somebody's dad yet. <laughs> um, but I have, I've played some really cool shows. Uh, I've gotten to open for a lot of cool bands over the years. Um, my my uh, band rolled over. We opened for like Charm City Devils. We opened for uh, Taproot. Um, we've opened for... Uh, I just had one on the tip of my tongue. Oh, I'm um, saving Abel. They played at Ramshead, and we got to open for them. That was a really cool show. Um, those are always just great shows because, uh, you know, you you kind of get you get in front of an audience that's there to see this other band, and 
it kind of gives you a little bit more mysticism because you're opening for this band. Like, these people don't know that, you know, most of them don't even know you exist. Like, they, they're they just like, wow, you're oh, from... Yeah. They, they might even think that you're, like, on tour with the band. You'll just be like, yeah, we're from Baltimore. And they're like, oh, wow, I didn't know about you. Um, one of the biggest shows I played, I got to open for Puddle of Mud. That was a... Uh, that was a really cool crowd. That was an awesome show. What was that a fish head show? Yeah, that was a fish head. <laughs> I figured. <laughs> yeah, that was a cool show. We, um, that was the one. I don't know. I don't know if you were there. Or if you just kind of saw saw. Uh, I've heard a couple of things. Second wind, mostly stories from the promoter who put the show on. Bye, I did. You know, uh, the lead uh, singer at the airport, and he was. Way late and way wasted. That that was the one that I so. opened for. That that was Brian yeah. who books the show. I, I've known Brian for a few years. Yeah, yeah, that was the first one, and then I I ran lights for the second one, and that was the one where they played for like three hours, and they they were like you know they're as good as they I think they can be right now. I think his I think his voice is a little blown out, um, but he, for the most part he can sing the songs. But they played for like three hours, and like by the end we were like, "Dude, can you guys just like wrap it up?" Like you know. Yeah. <laughs> but um, but it was still cool, and like I said, you like you said, you get this kind of mysticism from the audience of like, like wow, like you know, you guys are really good, and you're open for them, like you know. Um. Aside from that, the goal of a independent artist is ultimately to play to people that don't know you. Right. You know. If you view it as a challenge, I mean, it's much better to play for that than to play for a bunch of people who do know you, because then they're going to incorporate everything they know about you with every little song that you write, so it's just, I don't know, it can be a different feeling. Well, it's that whole thing of, like, built, like you have your fan base, and then you have your, kind of, like, your family and friends, and, like, they're really great when you start out to kind of, like, to kind of give you momentum, but like the, the ultimate goal is to build a fan base of people that are supporting you because they enjoy your music, you know, your family and friends, they're supporting you because they love you. That doesn't necessarily mean that they enjoy your music. You know, I want to, I want to play on stage to people that are singing the words of my song because it connects with them, you know? And, and it's, that's the real challenge. I think these days, like despite all of the, all of the ways that you can reach people is is finding a way to reach the right people that are going to be into it. And I've been lucky. I've met. I've I've got my music to some people that seem to like really enjoy it and are actual fans of what I put out. Um, some of them are are musicians. Some of them are people that live in other states. And you know, all I can do is is just keep working on it and building and and trying to trying to find those people. Yeah, so if it's not too far of a tangent as far as lyrics go, like, I don't know, I like to have discussions about about lyrics in particular. Okay. Uh, mostly, at least for me, I find the most interesting part of writing songs sometimes, outside of the music part, outside of the guitar riffing and all that stuff, is like, alright, what's the concept for this song? And like, how weird can we get with it? Or how serious can we get with it? Or how nonchalant can we get with it? And for me, a lot of times, I like a specific subject, like a book or a concept. But 
I also, you know, like relate, you know, writing about relationships or something. So, what fires you up in particular? Would you say, you know, to get the lyrics, lyrics flowing? Yeah, generally, a lot of my songs are based on my interactions with other people, whether it's like like a girl I'm into and how things are going with them or even like how things are going within a band, like between the bandmates feeling like sometimes feeling like I'm, I'm the only one that gives a crap and, and oh, yeah. to do something with it. Like everyone wants to be equally credited and, and have the same amount of success, but I'm the only one that's actually like willing to put the effort in, you know? Um, and, and, you know, and I might I might be right or wrong about that, but it's just how I feel in the in the moment. And um, so a lot of my a lot of my songs are kind of drawn from that. Um, I'll usually I'll usually get really I'll usually be really bothered by something or really upbeat on something, and then I'll kind of try to like, and then I'll usually get like a song like a. I'll either get a musical idea or I'll start or I'll kind of get like a lyrical idea and then kind of build it from there. I've, I've, I've done it both ways where I have kind of the musical idea come first and then I kind of got to put the words to it. But I find that like a lot of my better songs, I kind of get the words first. I kind of yeah. I kind of get the, the feeling right. of what I want to say and then I kind of build the song around that. Yeah, I love lyricism and poetry as much as I like music. And, like, I don't know. I used to write short stories about my friends just for shits and giggles. You know, make them sound cooler than they were, for sure. <laughs> and I'm, I'm really good, but, too. Um, like, um, especially when I was in a band, like, if the band would come in with a musical idea, I was really good. I would sit there and I would listen to it over and over again, and I would really kind of develop a story for the music, like something I thought fit. Um, a lot of the stuff on the Roll It Over album was like that. Like, uh, you know, I would get, I would be like, hey, like this song kind of has like a very ethereal and kind of dreamy feel. And so like, I would kind of roll with that, you know, or if it was a little bit more energetic, I would try to try to do something fun or kind of like interesting with that. Um. I've never really felt like I've had an issue making kind of bringing a song to life. I mean, there's definitely been times I've been working on a song and been like, yeah, I don't know if this one's really worth finishing, but, um, what do you feel like sets you apart? If that's not too blunt of a question. And I apologize if it is, I just, I don't no, know. It's what, a, it's an important question like, to ask. Know, it's, it's puts you out there on your own trail that you're blazing. It's it's so hard to feel unique in in today's world, especially I think, um, you know, it, it especially when it, like you know you could post, you know something you could post something you feel great about online and it can get torn apart, you know, just as easily as it can get praised, and yeah. and I just feel like. Um, I feel like it's really easy to, to feel like you're you're really trying to say something and and no one's really listening. And I think that you know, whether or not I make it big playing music, if if I can find that small audience out there 
that can relate to my song and like be, you know, do do for them what music has done for me, which is like really kind of helped me get through the darkest times. Yeah, kind of invigorate you. Right. Or, you know, like, you know, there's times where I just get lost in a song and I'm just repeating it over and over and over again because for whatever reason, I'm just feeling that. And that's that's really all that I hope for with my music is to kind of reach that audience. Um, I've I personally I'm not afraid to kind of play with the kind of music that I'm willing to make. Um, I listen to all different kinds of music. Um, like maybe not maybe some styles not as religiously as others, but like um, like I love Nine Inch Nails. I love uh, I love Taylor Swift. I love I love a lot oh, of nine, 90s bands. T-Swift. Right. Um, and so, like, because I've kind of drawn on all these different influences, I find that it kind of reflects in my music. Like, even just listening to my first album, like, there's a song that's kind of got, like, a jammy kind of feel to it. Uh, Unwind yeah. has kind of, like, a reggae-type vibe to it. Uh, Will You Remembers kind of got like a an alternative pop feel, but I've had a lot of people that kind of they say it kind of reminds them of like a worship type song, like a uh, like kind of almost like mm. Christian rock, which is fun, yeah, know. you know. I've there's been bands that I listen to that kind of release songs that give me that vibe, even though they're not really that's not really their style. Um, some of the stuff that I got coming in the pipelines a little bit heavier, a little bit more like hard rock. Ooh. Ooh, now you're speaking my language. Yeah. I mean, I kind of tell everybody this, but I, uh, I consider myself far more a lead guitar player before anything else. Nice. So, if you ever need, uh, you know, a little, uh, a little sprinkle, a little, uh, some, some. Absolutely. Fun, uh, if you got any, uh, track. if you got any stuff that you've done, feel free to send it to me. Like that's, that's usually like my biggest deciding factor is like, I kind of. I've, I've, a lot of the people I work with, I've heard them play a lot, you know? Yeah. And so that's why, like, when I'm kind of, when I'm looking at a song and I'm going, man, this really needs this kind of feel, and I know who, who I'm looking for in that moment. And that's really, yeah, it's really just kind of, kind of how I've done it. And I think it's worked out pretty good so far. I don't think I've released too yeah. many stinkers. Yeah, I mean, hopefully not. That's not the... <laughs> All killer, no filler, you know what I mean? <laughs> so true. Uh, yeah. I've had a band for the past few years, um, but it was actually largely, I think, because I got frustrated um, with playing guitar only in the sense I couldn't drive the ship as much, or at least it was hard to find a band that needed someone to fill that, that particular situation. And I've always just kind of had a knack, like I said, for... I don't know, coming up with something to write about. But, um, yeah, in general, I try to keep these things around 45 minutes or so. Hopefully, uh, you guys are going to probably have a good uh, holiday, I would imagine. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I had a, uh, I had a great holiday. Um, yeah. Um, I live with my, my dad and my sister, and uh, I made dinner for them on Thanksgiving. So that was nice. Nobody died mm-hmm. from my cooking, so that's good. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, that pretty much covers the shout-outs, I guess, right? Dad, sister. Yeah. Um, um, 
bandmates. Um, so I've, I work with so many different people, but uh, my buddy, my the guys I play with in the cover band, a lot of them play with me in the solo stuff. My buddy Joe, he's been playing with me for years. He was in my the last band I was in, Roll It Over. And uh, yeah. he's one of like the better better writers on guitar I've ever seen. Like he you know, he can play a damn good solo and he can he can uh you know, he can learn any song like perfectly like just from listening to it. You know, he's not like going to shred like Metallica or anything, but like the way that he writes is just perfect for whatever he's doing. Um, he's great. Nice. Um, you know, a couple drummers I've worked with are, are just fantastic. Uh, Jeff Gardner's played on a lot of my stuff. He's played a bunch of shows with me. Um, <clears throat> I mean, <clears throat> it's 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 t- tough to like single out certain people because there's so I've worked with so many of them. Like I don't want anyone to feel too left out, but those are probably the two that have like helped me the most yeah. in terms of like getting, getting my stuff kind of sounding the best that it can be. Right on. So anyway, people should definitely check out everything will work out and, uh, Amber eyes. Absolutely. Uh, top two songs on Spotify for sure. Yeah. Everything um, will work out should be breaking a thousand any day now. Nice. Um, is there anything that I didn't like touch on or like you felt like maybe I should have asked or um, like a topic that you kind of wanted to, to get uh, your thoughts? I'm hoping at some point here soon here to try to do like some live, some, some live music streams, like live streams. Um, yeah. Nothing is really scheduled or planned yet, but you know, I'm pretty spontaneous. So I might throw something together. Nice. Uh, sometime soon uh well just so you know i mean um this podcast has been going pretty good in the sense of like i put together a little undercover show not too long ago and had just bands from the podcast and it went really well so um i'm trying to do things with this as a whatever it is a medium to kind of help people out and um you know maybe if that I'll, i'll put like a a podcast together on Spotify with everybody, but you know, little things I can try to do. So yeah, keep me posted um, on that. And like I said, I'm I'm open to doing more of these. Like whether it's about my music or other stuff. If you like have a topic you want to do, I think that would be. Awesome. I tell everybody like when you have a, a new thing coming out, just hit me up. Like we can talk about it for ten minutes. We can talk about it for an hour. Just hit me up. You know, whatever. It's, it's easy to throw together and you know promote it that way so cool yeah and uh i guess i'll send you a couple of my things shits and giggles Absolutely. i tell everybody just you know if you need a, a mean guitar solo i'm uh i'm your guy yeah maybe i'll hit you up for one so. of these live streams like i said i kind of i do have like my main guys that i go to but i'm not opposed to throwing together like people that i haven't played with and just seeing what happens you know i'm always down for a jam sesh man so couple beers and uh you know whatever else i'm good to go sounds good i definitely appreciate you coming on and uh being flexible all that stuff and i'll keep you in the loop hopefully this will be out i mean definitely next week maybe before that um i'll send you the flyers and i'll send you the the edit of this thing 
Cool. Sounds good. Once I get off, I'll uh, export the audio and send it over to you. Definitely appreciate it. All right, man. Well, look forward to actually uh, maybe meeting you in person one day. Hell yeah, man. So, have a good night. You too. Thanks. I can't seem to find the words to say. If we keep going, how will things end? Will everything work out right? Will everything work out right? So, yeah, I want to thank Will for coming on. Thought we had good all-around chat about everything he's been working on up to date and uh if you're friends of his or friends of mine i hope you enjoyed listening um once again song you're hearing in the background is called everything will work out and uh you can pick that up on itunes or listen to it on spotify or wherever you find music thanks again for tuning in and uh have a good week help me try to feel alive me try to feel alive Everything will work out right.